Sean, I have a secret to tell you. No. Dr. Onassis has been listening to this conversation and he is not happy. I've told him that I can give him a few minutes. Do you mind? Uh, this is Dr. Onassis with his five top five Corona tips for 2020. To get rid of uh, coronavirus, well, you need five. You need the heat. You need to burn. Burn the Corona. Number four is to buy uh, one, uh, one of them, uh, the healing gels, aloe. What you do is you wipe it. You wipe it all over your body. You take care of them burns because... What's going to happen is you're going to burn yourself and you need the aloe to uh, prevent uh, the scars. Uh, number three is to uh, bandage everything. If you can see the aloe and the burn, you need a bandage for it. And uh, my final tip, uh, number five, is uh, to probably once you're done, Applying the lotion and the bandage. You stay home. Okay? It's okay. Just stay home. And and heal. Heal your body, your soul, and God bless. The following may contain harsh language, poorly communicated ideas, and does not reflect the opinions of iHeartRadio. Thank you, Dr. Um... I gotta say, I didn't really think he was gonna say anything smart, but then at the end, really he kind of did. Yeah. It seems kind of weird to me that you would hurt yourself so badly, and then all the other tips are just to like repair the damage that you've done to yourself with the step one. But then again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't. Or clearly a touch spiritual man like Doctor Onassis. Doctor, what what exactly does Doctor Onassis have a PhD in? Just for the audience at home. Uh, well, he's actually gone. Uh, he kind of ran <laughs> no. out of here. No one's bothered asking. I'm not sure what that was all about, but I have uh, put him on retainer. So he will be popping in from time to time on Take View Plus, uh, just offering a few uh, medical tips and uh, just the current most up-to-date in headline news from around the world in the scientific community. So um, you're really, you're getting two birds with one stone. Um, by listening to We should podcast. reiterate that at no point should any one of our listeners actually listen to his tips. Yeah. Don't follow his advice. No, you should. What's your angle? What angle? What last night? Just wanted to be friends. Friends, yeah. So you could frame me, huh? No, I've got a job for you. Well. Welcome to Take Two Plus. <laughs> Are we going to start? I thought we usually like stop for a second and then get back into it. <laughs> Shouldn't we reset just to get our full 40 minutes? The only podcast on the internet uh, that is no longer associated with the children of the Forbidden Light. You know what? I don't know what the hell that... Okay, let's get... We're we're back on track. We're back on track here at Take Two Plus, the only podcast on the internet cult-free since last week. Take Two is happy to announce that we are no longer in solidarity with the brothers and sisters of Zod. Is that who we were with last week? I thought that was like three weeks ago. <laughs> this is why we got kicked out, I think. Did we get kicked out or did we leave? Is, I, I, I know I don't think we Z- can keep our sponsors straight. Is the I know Zod is not happy with us right now. The question is, is the fancy free mustard guy, Dylan, is he okay with us still? <sighs> I'm not sure if we actually got a check from Dylan's. 
Yeah, he was probably spending all that money on the people returning his poisonous yeah. mustard. The issue. Well, I was talking to him, and he said, "I did not pay for that." Which you would have known because you didn't get any money from him in the first place, right? Well, he's actually never heard of me before. See, my thought was that we would make the commercial, show him the commercial, start getting some money. That's how sponsorships happen, right? And they're like, I have no time for this. So we're going to have to, us here at uh, Take Two Plus are reconsidering the uh, marketing game here and trying to evaluate who's really listening. So if you're listening, speak up. Let us know. All three of you. Just for <laughs> that, that means you, Sean, and Tyler. Me, me, and you. And I have I have a job in this too. So we'll just keep on listening and uh, rake in those SoundCloud dollars. <laughs> all right. Why don't we have Tyler introduce the cast of the film and tell us all how this show is going to work again? Because we forget from week to week. We forget. <laughs> Well, Chris, I, I wasn't going to point it out, but it's Chris. <laughs> I think that's how we should open up the rules every week by that. Oh. <laughs> if only to get Chris to stop, I will introduce the rules of the game, which is uh, now that we've picked our top three films in a fantasy sports style draft, we'll spend each episode discussing one of them to determine Hitchcock's top nine films ranked in order. Points will then be assigned based on the standings. First place film gets one point. Second place film gets two points. Third place, three points. You get the picture. Then we add up I, all the I, points. The picture. Too confusing. So then then you get the math game. I'm, I'm channeling Hitchcock. It's like seeing like a three-dimensional pyramid and you're like in the middle of it. It's crazy. We're, we're back to pyramid schemes, I think. If you know how golf works, you know how this works. The less score wins, the least score wins. <laughs> That's pretty much all you need to know. And so then you're saying win. that uh, my picks, I want to be the first, second, and third choice to have the perfect score. That is correct. Oh yeah, that's goodness. already not happened. But you're yeah. already out of the running for that, though, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we're actually still looking at those results. And stay tuned <laughs> next week when there is an audit. And uh, we're going to see really <laughs> where everything broke down, what happened with foreign correspondent. And shadow demanding a recount. We have to recount all of Florida's votes. Yeah. Hitchcock problem. gate. We demand a recount. <laughs> um, you know what? I think we can all agree, though, that this movie does suck. Notorious, nineteen forty-six. Total waste of time. And uh, I actually didn't even finish watching it. <laughs> I don't. Well, think before we get into the good, this, the uh, bad, in the, the entire before time. We get in, before we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly of the film, Tyler, tell us about the cast. So uh, this film has an all-star cast, a few regulars of, from Hitchcock. It's got Cary Grant in the lead, Ingrid Bergman in the lead, and Claude Rains as the villain. Now, which one's Claude Rains? That's the a good one. question, and actually we'll have to talk about that pretty soon because I've got issues with this film, and it kind of stems from that question itself, but we'll talk about that, that in a few Sean moments. I love the suspense because now I have to stay tuned to kind exactly. of like, and that's what, what all people are probably thinking too, like, you know, Sean has something important to say, and I really can't wait to find out what it's all about. Spoilers. I find the best way it's to keep that suspension... <laughs> exactly. And the best way to keep that suspension going is to just say nothing at all. All right. <laughs> For a full hour. Uh, first, though, Sean, why don't you tell us what this movie's about? Why not? So, the film Notorious is a, uh, 
Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know what? We can't. We have no time to edit this, Sean. So you have to keep yeah, exactly. Chris is going to keep it's like if this if this podcast goes, you know, um, slower than fifty kilometers an hour, Sean. All right. To summarize the story of Notorious, when the daughter of a Nazi war criminal named Alicia, although they kind of say it weird, like Alicia, is approached by a government agent named Devlin to undertake a secret mission. The two head off for Rio, where they inevitably fall for one another. Alicia's assignment is to establish contact with a Nazi criminal, Sebastian, a former friend of her father's, who harbors Nazi refugees in Brazil. Sebastian falls in love with Alicia and asks her to marry him. All right now, Sean. She who's Seba- who, which actor is playing Sebastian? Which actor? Sebastian is played. Well, we've already gone through that part with. Tyler, oh, but did Sebastian you say like? Is- oh, and uh, to marry the uh, ringleader, uh, played by Claude Rains. Uh, why are we doing the cast if I'm going to be repeating with the actor's names? Like, well, because then you know the who is who, like, in terms of, yeah. like... All right, okay, okay. You, yeah. Do you understand, so, Sean, how life works? Oh, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the story I'm of sorry, Notorious... Well, uh, I'm sorry, Next week, I'll do everything, and Sean will uh, actually not be involved from now on. So We'll have Toby Jones, I think, instead. Toby Jones has actually contacted us, and he makes a good point. Yeah, he's more Good famous point. than me. So, yeah, that's 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 point and But I'm only so strong against hope. <laughs> the plot of synopsis, or the plot of synopsis, the plot of Notorious involves a daughter of a Nazi war criminal named Alicia, who is approached by a government agent named Devlin, played by Cary Grant. And by okay. the way, Alicia is played by Ingrid Bergman okay, to thanks. undertake a secret mission. The two head off to Rio, where they inevitably fall for one another. Alicia's assignment is to establish contact with Nazi criminal Sebastian, played by Claude Rains, a former friend of her father's who harbors Nazi refugees in Brazil. Sebastian falls in love with Alicia and asks her to marry him. She agrees after the man uh, she agrees after the man she really loves, Devlin, refuses to object to the union. Instead, Devlin demands that she gain access to a secret cellar that houses concealed uranium and wine bottles. When Sebastian catches on to his new wife's ploy, he begins to poison her with arsenic so that his superiors don't find out that he was duped. Eventually, Devlin begins to worry about Alicia and saves her just in time from being poisoned to death. The Nazis close in on Sebastian, assuming he is a traitor, and the film comes to an end. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you know what? That was such a vivid description, Sean. Thank you so much. It reminds me shortly, you know, just a short time ago when we were all in that 3D cube or that pyramid and things were getting freaky. And so that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about getting out of that pyramid and into our minds. And so welcome again to Take Two Plus. Um, We're exploring our minds, each other, our bodies, and we're discussing Hitchcock's Notorious. Uh, More specifically, what we like about the film and what we don't like about the film. And where it stands with the other two films that we already looked at, Shadow of Doubt, and 1942 and um, Foreign Correspondent 1940. So this would be, you know, a little bit unfair because it's like later on in his career. So like, you know. We're only six years apart from Foreign Correspondent and three year. years apart from Shadow of a Doubt. It's not that bad. No, He's also been like in, in terms of what we're relating. And the so argument really we... doesn't fly either if we look at people like Spielberg and we look at people like yeah. um, Peter Jackson and stuff like. And even before uh, Foreign Correspondent, we've been making movies for like 20 plus years by the time that came around. I guess, you know, it's one of those things though where with Hitchcock and, you know, it just seems like there were just more resources as his career went on. And um, yeah, I feel like what What do you guys like about this film the most? Like what makes this film stand out as one of the best films in Hitchcock's canon? 
What do you guys think are the pluses and the highs to this film? The roses and the thorns. <laughs> what uh, are the rose petals to this film, Chris? Not the thorns yet. What are the rose petals? Just the petals. <laughs> there is there is a dynamic between Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant that it's like their dynamic and their relationship, their chemistry is really special in this movie. You don't see it that often. It's like what looks to be like an actual love affair on screen. Um, the acting's incredible. The directing is incredible. Um, you know, I gotta say it, that like, well, I'm just gonna, to go on, let's talk about the acting, I guess, for a little bit since that's the first thing you mentioned. Oh, how convenient, Sean. Um, is that something you have to say? Yeah, I think we can all. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, no, I was, I was, okay. Yeah, let's, uh, Sean, what do yeah, you I have think, to I say? I was, I was, uh, kind of, whatever. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Folks, we, we've had a problem with talking over top of each other. And so we really kind of gave this week a shot where we'd each allow ourselves time to talk. Sean is incapable. Or I, I, I'm not sure what's going say, on Chris? with Sean these days, <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. What do you guys really think about the acting in this film? Let's let's drill down in on that. When I, if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm not the biggest Ingrid Bergman fan in the world. I feel like in general she's kind of overrated. Like I know she's in some of the biggest movies ever, like Casablanca and whatnot. Yeah, I think she's film, better but... probably in Casablanca than in this movie. This is I a tough role. Better, she's got to play drunk, and she's got to well, play and that's being say, poisoned, and she's got to play close to death. Like it's. I think it's the tough fact that role. she has to open the film like a drunk lush does not do her any favors. I mean, it's hard to act drunk, even for her. Like, I mean, she, the drunk acting in this film that they're getting is so like, it's it's a little cringeworthy. Like, I mean, it is what it, it's not terrible, but it's cringeworthy, and it's hard to play drunk. It's hard. It's hard. I don't like. Know it's just so I don't think she doesn't look drunk though. I would disagree that it's cringeworthy. I would just say that it's not one of the higher points of the film. Like it, there, there are a lot of higher points, and so when you don't have, you know, an epic that's part that it kind of shows more obviously. That scene though, with her drunk driving and like Devlin deciding when to try to stop her or not, like that sets up the whole film of them like playing chicken with each other, and who's gonna yeah, no, call an end? I agree. I think first. I think that it really does like I think the entire film is set up like perfectly almost like a like a Swiss clock or something in a sense like the way that all these little moments will eventually like suggest or hint at something later on in the film but I still and I, I'm trying not to get into like what I don't like about the film yet so but like I think there are issues with that but um I as what I was trying to say about Ingrid is that even though I come I, I came to this film and any film really I watch with her not really expecting that much by the end of it I, I was pretty impressed with how she was able to like pull the character together and pull the entire performance together. And uh, obviously her chemistry with Cary Grant is off the charts because everyone's chemistry with Cary Grant is always off the charts. Like that's just what he's good at is like interacting with people and making them feel like they're really in love with him. Um, but uh, I think that she did a really good job and it does become her film, especially towards the second half of the film when mm. she like really gets in there with Sebastian and whatnot. Like Cary kind of takes a step back and is more of a supporting character at that point. Um, but. I know. I think like you're, I think the best thing I can say about this film is that it is by far, uh, it has by far one of the best casts of a Hitchcock film ever. Like this is probably Hitchcock's ideal version of a perfect cast. Like he's got a big name in every role. 
he's got and they're and they're not just like medium star names like these are the biggest of the big names like these are the people that he wants in his film these are the this is the cast you probably wanted for suspicion you know like this is what he wants to do uh my issue with it then comes to like if i were to say if we were to say take foreign correspondent and take notorious and we were to switch joel mccray and lorraine day with carrie grant and ingrid bergman and put them into notorious i think notorious would not Sean. work as a film. And I think Notorious Sean, would be a, like a lesser film about? than even Ford Corresponded. <laughs> no, right. I'm just uh, saying that, what John, I'm trying to suggest okay. is that I think that the actors- If we take the actors from this film. movie and then we put them into the movie of this movie and guess what? All right, so this is what's gonna happen. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm saying that the entirety of like the, the, the entire like strength of this film hinges on the acting. If you were to take that out of it. I disagree with that. The plot is it's so tight in this film and I love the way we can get into this in a minute, but I love the way it's sort of the A story and the B story. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree. I think, I think there's a lot going on in this movie, and I don't, I, I'm not convinced with someone like Hitchcock that, you know, it, that acting couldn't be pulled off by someone else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It. Who could pull off Cary Grant's charisma? Nobody can pull that off. Gregory Peck. Nobody. No, he can't. He yes, cannot. He can. He's too dry. No, he can't. There, no, he wasn't Cary dry Grant. in Roman Holiday. Yeah, he still was. He was not Cary no. Grant. <laughs> he was not. I'm sorry. No one. Okay, even okay, like, like, when he was younger, was a suave Hollywood leading man. Okay, as he got older, Cary he Grant. got more. Uh, I don't know. He was fucking Atticus Finch. Bird. Like he's yeah. not Cary Grant. <laughs> Cary but Grant could never play Atticus Finch. Cary Grant is perfect for this role, and he is. Like that doesn't make everything else in this movie shit just because Cary Grant is great. No, I'm not saying everything else in the movie is shit. Movie. I'm just saying everything in this movie Jimmy is propped Stewart. up by these two actors. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. more than anything. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart is the closest you can get to Cary Grant, but even he's not Cary Grant. Cause he's too, oh, okay. he's too much of it. He's too much of an everyman. He is. He's just too much of like a Clark blue collar and like, and Clary, you're getting close, but now you're getting to a point where like they're completely different generations. Clark Gable's even before. But you know Grant, what though? Like, like in those days, it was all like 80 year old, it was like Don Knotts, like an 80 year old guy getting <laughs> with like 17. I would love to see Don Knotts in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That was going to be my next suggestion. Don Knotts. Goals. I have space. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I also, so besides just the acting, I do also think that this is probably the most beautiful film Hitch ever shot, besides maybe Vertigo. Like it's this and Vertigo, which Tyler, are probably the two most beautiful films he's shot. Would you say that this is up to his career so far, his best movie, so Notorious, when it came out in 1946, up yes. until that point, it was his best movie? I would say for sure. And I think it stands even still as one of his best movies. Yeah. Let's save that conversation till the end. Like, let's... Okay. Let me. Can I say what I love about this movie outside of the acting, or do I? I don't know. You yeah, have to ask Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, Hitch was kind of at the forefront of espionage movies, but so many of these films rely on there's the main storyline of them chasing the MacGuffin or the bad guy or whatever, and then there's the B storyline, which is the love interest, and it's usually somewhat disconnected. Like they, the one story doesn't really rely on the other. But with this movie, like the love story pushes the espionage element and the espionage forces Devlin and Alicia back together. Like the two A and B work so well together. Better than like any other espionage movie I can think. Like the closest thing to compare this movie would be like a James Bond film almost. And James Bond movies just have like the girl on the side who's there for a sex scene and a kiss scene. Yeah, I agree that this film is definitely like, like I said earlier, like it's like clockwork. Like the plotting is, is 
it's perfect and it's like precise. My only issue with the plotting, we'll get into it more later. I don't want to talk about it too much. Is that oh, there's just I not enough. There's not enough John to it. Has to say, there's sure not enough to it, and that's where I'm going to leave it for now. But you're right. Can in you how, just, in what? Can you just give us a little hint, Sean, right now as to what you have to say <laughs> later on? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. In in so far as what you're saying in terms of like yeah the the plots blend together and they and they like motor or they uh, they propel oh, one another true, in a yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely true. They, they definitely do. And I would say like, you're right in that, like the, the spy, in these types of movies, the spy plot is usually the A plot and the romance is usually the B, but they definitely flip that here and they make like, the romance, the A plot and it's pushed and it's propelled along by like the B plot, which is the spy plot. Yeah. Um, and the question is, is what, what's like... the first act though, Sean? <laughs> I think the first act ends <laughs> after he tells her the, what her mission's going to be. That's the end. And then they fade to oh, black. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah, then they go into it. Sure. Because right there, he starts distancing himself from Alicia as well. Well, the dynamic of the film shifts, of course, at that. Yeah. But it works. The world of like, the love interest works so well because it almost sets it up. Once she marries Sebastian, it sets up Alicia and Devlin almost as if they're having an affair. And that's their cover to pass information to each other back and forth. Like, everything yeah. just ties in so nicely. It's a very it's neat plot. It's almost too neat. But it's, it's like, it's just like so precise. Like, it's just... Everything affects, like every little point affects another point. Um, so yeah, yeah, like I, it I should agree. in a well-plotted film, which is better than yeah. just the actors that they're in it. But I, again, we're, we're going to get into it later. Like, I agree, oh. like the plotting in this film is great, but like there's just not enough of it. It's too sparse. Well, <sighs> I think um, we're just going to take a word from our sponsor. Uh, I know our listeners are potato people and I'm a potato man myself. Growing up in a small town, I was a potato boy and then I turned into uh, a potato man. So I know all about potatoes and I know that I need the freshest potato. So I talk to my potato man and he delivers me red potatoes, uh, yellow potatoes, and um, I think he calls them Kodiak potatoes. We have heard uh, that, yeah. 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 Um, Apparently, there's some properties to it, which I don't know. I'll, I'll eat one and I'll just feel really good, you know, and I'll start running and uh, like strong, like a Kodiak bear, right? Maybe. Maybe that's where it gets <laughs> its name. Um, so I have my potato man, but do you have your potato man? And if the answer is no, please contact potato man in your city. Do you have like a number or an email for that guy there, Chris? Um, he'll find you. He'll know when he needs when you need potatoes. He'll find you. I think you just gotta like. I think you'll hear from him. Song. Yeah, you'll. He... You say "potato man" three times into a mirror, and he just like shows up behind you. Yeah. Now you have to say it with an Irish accent, though, else it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so there are potato men. Some are better than others, and you have to find the potato man that's right for you. I am no stool pigeon, Mr. Devlin. My department authorized me to engage you to do some work for us. It's a job in Brazil. Oh, go away. The whole thing bores me. Some of the German gentry who are paying your father are working in Rio. Have you heard of the IG Farben Industries? I tell you, I'm not interested. Farben has men in South America planted there before the war. They're cooperating with the Brazilian government to smoke them out. My chief thinks it's the daughter of a, uh... Of a traitor? Well, he thinks it might be valuable in the work. They might sell to trust you. 
Um, the floor okay. is yours, Chris. Thank you so much, Tyler, and I appreciate it. Look, who remembers the drunk driving scene in North by Northwest? I raise do. Your, raise your hand. Okay. That's great for a podcast. <laughs> for those listening, no one's risen their hand. Probably because no one's seen North by Northwest. But if you have seen it, you would also appreciate by seeing Notorious of the drunk driving scene. In fact, Cary Grant is in both cars. So that's kind of funny. And we see the perspective that intoxicated, the impaired perspective, like the eye, the hair through the eyes um, in North by Northwest. It's kind of like double vision, which is really cool. Um, you know, you like see the police in the mirror. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, you, you've got something important to say. What, what was that again? I'm just, I'm just adding my two cents. Shut up! <laughs> you shut up when I'm talking to you. Jesus Christ, Chris. All right. You're running a tight ship over here. So, uh... <laughs> you goddamn right. Ooh, uh, Eisenberg. What's my name, Sean? <laughs> uh... You get the police in the mirror. You're kind of like dealing with like a psycho thing where, you know, the police from the perspective of inside the car. Um, I don't know. We see a lot of Hitchcockisms with this movie and they're all great and of themselves. I love how the, like the wine bottles are always on display, like constantly. Like Don't there's always a wine bottle. Somewhere. If it's uranium, like would they just all die of radiation? I think so, but I don't. I'm not I mean, a scientist. I don't know how uranium <laughs> works, to be honest. <laughs> I just finished Definitely watching Chernobyl. It, but... Yeah, but I imagine it has to be like refined in some sort. Yeah, or like the, heated uh... to a certain like yeah. temperature to like give off a radiation. I don't know for sure, but you know, it would have been too bad if it was you know when the bottle breaks and the uh, black uranium. Movie just ends. It is too bad because in a lesser movie it would have been like, what is it? It's like I don't know, and like, they like put their finger in it, like they have. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's that's weapon grade uranium. It's like uranium. Yeah, it's like, yeah. my God, it makes so much sense now. You know, it's great. They don't know what it is at first. They're looking into it. They gotta hide the evidence. But Claude Rains, he's one step ahead. It's, uh, it is kind of. Hitchcock doesn't play his audience for complete idiots. And it's just kind of nice to kind of keep up with someone who isn't walking so slowly that you kind of no longer care, like care where you're going. Mm-hmm. Nice pace. Love it. It's, it's, um, it's a well-paced film. Yeah. Like the plot. Carrie, like I said, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Sean, you have something really important that you want to get off your chest. And I think all of the listeners, Tyler and myself would love to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry, Chris, did you want this to just be like a platform for you to speak or did you want to have a conversation about what you like about the film? Dr. Nassis, would you like to come in here and uh, figure out what's going on? No, Dr. Nassis is shaking his head. All right, Sean, what do you got to say? Well, now I can't even fucking remember what I was saying. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, cool. but I'm saying, but you were just talking Harry about... Harry Grant hits Ingrid Bergman. This is a very interesting feature to his character as someone who is always in control. When he's in the passenger seat and Ingrid Bergman is driving drunk, his hand is always just an inch away from, like, holding the steering wheel and uh, taking control. So 
you know, this idea that Ingrid Bergman is in control is actually not so much the case. And that's kind of the case throughout the movie because Ingrid Bergman is never in control of her life. Uh, her father has determined her trajectory in life. Cary Grant has determined her trajectory in life. And the entire time she's just trying to do the right thing, you know, have a couple of drinks along the way and uh, call it a day. So uh, she's never in control. And uh, it's just interesting to see it so obvious with Cary Grant in the car with her. Um, but I think yeah. in that car scene. Oh, I'm sorry, she, Tyler. Do you I have something uh, to say? No, Carry I'm on. done. I'm done. In, in that car scene. Like Everything she, else sucks. That whole movie, the whole movie, everything she does with Sebastian, she wants Devlin to like come in and stop her and like take sweep her away from all this and like basically call it, call it because he can't take it anymore. I agree. There's like a lot of subtle acting going on in this film. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's the all like so subtext. it's so subtextual, but like it's almost too much of it because but like it asks a lot of the no, they can pull it off, John. That's what the car scene is for, I, I to set that up, because she's going, Let, watch me drive as recklessly as I can, and I dare you to come stop me. Like, she's going to go until he stops it, her in that I, scene. I agree with you that, like, it does work in this film, but it asks a lot of the viewer, and I think the average viewer isn't willing to give this film what it's asking of it, because surface level, this film, it's just an angry, bitter, like, why are these characters doing this? They don't even like each other. He's an asshole to her constantly. She's just like a drunk who can't figure out what she's going to do with her life. And she's spiraling out of control. I don't really give a shit about her. I don't give a shit about him. They're terrible people. The only kind of nice guy is the guy who comes into this film by saving her from a crazy wild horse. And he's a fucking Nazi. Like, you know what I mean? Like the nice guy in this film is the bad guy. And like, and it almost like, I think at a certain level it works. I think that's a really interesting switch that they're doing is I mean, you can like the lead characters, these completely unlikable people that aren't being honest with each other and you hate each other and they hate each other throughout the film by what they're saying to one another, you know, not how they're, but not how their bodies are interacting and not how they're looking at one another, but definitely by what they're saying to one another. They're just bitter and cruel to one another and they're not being honest at all at any point. Past that's like a very the whole movie's subtext. They're, yeah, exactly. They're, but it's asking, but, but that, and I think that's awesome, but at a certain point, it doesn't quite end up working Sean, as I'm, well I'm sorry. as a handful of those are other you saying, are, is, your, is your criticism saying, Sean, that people will not like I think it's like too clever movie, for its own good. Will not like this movie because it's too smart for its own good? Like, people will I, just not I do. get it? I, I, but I, I that think, is my like, criticism of the film, to a degree. The three, yeah, the three of us oh, that's a lot of this film, and are you saying, like, the three were the smartest men in the world, and everyone else is a dum-dum who won't oh, understand the story? I'm saying just like, it's not, it's not, uh, I think ultimately, I think ultimately the film does suffer from doing this and it doesn't make it one of his handful of like best ever films. Is one of his top 10? Sure, it definitely probably Ooh. is. But I don't like, I Foreign don't love this film. Or... And I wanted to love this film because you guys know how much I love Cary Grant. Like I fucking love Cary Grant. And, and then, but this film, I just don't, I don't Ooh. love it. I like it. I think I it's good. Know. But I don't love it. And wow, I've always felt that way. And I really thought that watching on this view, I was going to enjoy it more because I have uh, grown to like Cary Grant even more since I've seen this film. And it's still just, there's something about it. It doesn't do it for me. Where's the action in this film? 
It's just two people talking in different rooms the entire film. Where is the it's Hitchcock? I don't think it's the suspense. Yeah, it's not supposed to be action. There's suspense throughout the whole second half. But okay, but like people it's a drama. The, the the prototypical spy film, right, or whatever. Like that, it's like one of the first spy films. But there's literally no action in this film, and you're right. It, like it shouldn't be beholden to that necessarily. But it's not. But, yeah. Was it advertised like, like that? Yeah. It's advertised as a thriller. Where's the thrills in this movie? That's what I'm also trying to get at. Where are the thrilling scenes in this film? Where are the scenes like in Foreign Correspondent in the windmill or the end of the plane? Where are the scenes with like Joseph Cotton in Shadows of Film? Like uh, Shadows of Film. It's a suspense film, Sean. Yeah. You go from- need to be like, it's like, it's not a horror film. It's like, no, but who says it's a horror film? From the moment that she steals the key from Sebastian, and you got that awesome, huge, long tracking shot down. No, that key. shot's like not that great. Okay, it's but I'm not saying out of focus and not. <laughs> okay, so you got from the moment she John steals the key. John could have done it better. And then you're <laughs> yeah. and then you're counting the champagne bottles that are left uh, being served to the guest at the party, right? You're worried about when he's going to go down to the wine cellar. You've got Devlin and Alicia down in the wine cellar together. You've got Sebastian finding them kissing each other. You've got them finding the wine bottles out of place. Like all this is like boom, 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 like shot after scene after scene. Like it's so suspenseful from the the poisoning of Ingrid Bergman. Things I agree that that's I agree that that's the scene. It's just peril and danger for Ingrid Bergman. And then which scene, Chris? Sorry, what scene? Well, beginning at the party. At the party, yeah. The the champagne or the you know being being diminished, and it's like okay, well. I just don't get the the like suspense in that in that scene. Like I watched it twice in the past forty eight hours, and that scene never was like shit. This scene's like moving fast because it's just so long and extended that it doesn't it doesn't have that same pace to it that is other scenes. Like it had to be a little bit shorter. That scene's just a bit too long for that pace to really pick up and for you to really feel that suspense properly. So I Sean, think- let me ask you this: to that end, um, what would you classify Hitchcock's suspicion? It's been a while since I've seen that film, but I, I, it's more like a psychological thing, right? Is it the one in the psych, in the psych ward, or is that spelled down? I can't remember like, the plot of suspicion, really. It's where Cary Grant's wife thinks, she's, uh, thinks he's poisoning her to death. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Joan Fontaine. What did I, did I, would I call that a suspense film? Yeah, probably. There's like a ticking clock of whether or not uh he's being poisoned to death i suppose but like this film i do agree like at a certain like where it really comes in like that's the, that's the, like that scene you're talking about like that's i think the big set piece that's supposed to be that suspe- suspense set piece mm-hmm. uh but i don't think it's ultimately that effective compared to his other work um, but i think it's also and- suspenseful from watching these two people be in love and then finding out the mission she has to go on and seeing how far they're willing to let each other go it's a comedy. Before, like, it's a different kind completely. of, sus- but that's like a romantic, like comedy so suspense. So you're saying like, this movie is bad because it has two different kinds of suspense in it? Well, no, and, and I'd also like to point out that the idea of a woman uh, having like an agenda or like a secret mission and then falling in love with the other fellow is something that we see over and over again with Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but so yeah, that's a like, lot of his films, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like. I, there's issues I have. I'm just saying. Yeah, like I, I want to love this film, and it, like, it looks so beautiful. And like, and like I said, I love Cary Grant. I think the acting is great. And I, like I said, I don't really like Ingrid Bergman, but I think she's really good in this film. Um, and, where does Where uh, does Notorious stack with the all-time Hitchcock titles? Like, obviously, Hitchcock loved the one-word titles, Psycho. Murder, oh, it's an awesome Psycho. title. It's a good title. Yeah, yeah. Notorious. It's a good title. Does it really mean anything in context of no. the movie, though? 
no but it still just sounds awesome like mm. it, but it's just but it really doesn't have a good a great meaning for that. i mean she's supposed to be notorious i think that's supposedly one of the deleted scenes like the alternate endings like there was going to be a scene of Cary Grant sitting at a table at a cafe and he hears women talking about Alicia and one of the women said, Oh, her, she was notorious. And then that's like where the film ends. That was like, Oh, that would have made shot. so much more but sense. They didn't do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, is that in the Sean yeah. edit that you get to see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he was in a special feature. She is notorious in a sense that she's like living in her father's shadow, like the shadow of a Nazi criminal. And she's trying to, prove that she's Shadow a worthwhile human I think they were, yeah <laughs> I think they also meant it more of like in a sexual sense and actually that's another oh, thing I would really like about this film is how upfront it is about sexuality in 1946 like this is a, an era of filmmaking when they still had to film married couples sleeping in separate beds and here she is in a scene saying you can add another name to my playmates like and he's just like gives her this look like he's gonna be so fucking angry at yeah. her when she says it but like I mean, but he, there's so much open sexuality in this film, and I love that. I love that about this film. And in 1946, it's just crazy you got away with some of the stuff that he got away with. Like that long sort of kissing, somewhat makeup yeah, scene. Yeah, like the that. Was great. Yeah, just like to that, get around I, censorship, right? Supposedly, they did not like the actors did not enjoy doing that scene at all. I read in the Truffaut book, like they yeah. did not enjoy making that moment, and like they were angry at him for making them do it. He probably made them do it a few times, if I can guess with Hitch. It um, works so well. though. Yeah, no, it really does. And I, again, I mean, I probably gotta be honest, it's Cary Grant, man. Like, Cary Grant just makes every person he's on the same fucking frame with just beam. Like, he just, it just works for Cary, you know? What can I say? <laughs> um, what else is there? Uh, I think you said it all, Sean. Yeah, yeah I guess, I, should uh, we get to, like, where of, we think it? Oh, yeah, sorry, so speaking yeah. of Cary Grant in this movie, there's a few things that I like about his character and that, like, I'm not sure what if he's losing control and almost like when he hits uh alicia in the car there's a few things he does where i'm like is that him acting as a spy or him acting as the jealous lover and i kind of like that like when um when devlin kisses alicia in front of sebastian it's like is he doing that to maintain their cover or is he doing it because he's pissed that this guy got to marry the woman he's in love with and wants to you know rub some salt in his wound a little bit yeah same reason like why does he could easily like let uh, Sebastian in the car at the end of the movie and interrogate him and maybe flip him. But he's like, no, screw you. You took the lady. I love, I'm going to leave you to be killed by your Nazi pals. Like, I just love how he, he, so much of he does, you're not sure if it's him to maintain cover or if he's like a jealous lover taking revenge in small ways. You know, it's, it's funny because we consider Claude Rains to be the, uh, the, the bad guy. I, I would suggest it's his mother. Who's like yeah, he's really pulling the strings? Villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the the mother figure, yeah, North by Northwest, the mother, Psycho, the mother. Um, Where do we? Uh, yeah. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> Where do we think that he ranks in terms of Hitch's all-time films? Because I was like, especially after Tyler mentioned him last week, I was really hoping to expect him to be like as good as. Uh, Cotton and Shadow of Doubt, and um, as yeah, good as Perkins for me in he's, Psycho. He's such a different villain. Like I, I, I believe in his character in this movie that he's in love with Alicia. Like I don't think there's any phoniness to that aspect of it. I love that he's almost sympathetic there, and I like how sort of like sniveling he becomes. Like when he finds out he's married to an American agent, the first thing he does is run to his mom and like, yeah. cry. I just yeah. love how sort of weak he is in a lot of these moments. 
he's not like the main like brooding evil villain you'd expect he's not like blofeld from a james bond movie even though he's the head of a secret organization um i like the sort of sympathetic almost cowardly approach to him and i love claude rain's portrayal of him i almost wish they hadn't tried to hide that he's so much shorter than ingrid bergman i think that would have worked better yeah i read that hitch made like there was a scene where they're walking towards the camera him and ingrid and he has to walk up on a plank so that they look more even as they come close to him. oh wow like, that must have been pretty embarrassing like uh, that's awesome little like bits of filmmaking but i feel like if he were shorter it would have almost worked even better to his character like he's like a little kid that gets upset when someone else i still like yeah i feel like i'm watching the film and i guess it's maybe because i know he's short although at the same time it's not like i know clone reigns that well but like i i do get this tense that he's a small man like i don't know that'd be pretty humiliating though i had to like have to do that have to have a whole yeah, ride, like it's a, to, to trick people that you're more but at the same time they're doing it because you well i mean not necessarily in this case i think hitch wanted it but like in a lot of actors cases when that happens it's because the actor wants it like they want to yeah. they want to look it's at a certain it, height like it's Tom like Cruise. the actor's decision not necessarily the director's although in this situation yeah. i think it was the director uh, so one of the sponsors this week is the uh, criterion collection the criterion collection offers a uh, curated selection of the greatest films in the last 100 years uh try the criterioncollection.com for more info um it's, it's it's interesting, you know, that they are a sponsor because I was watching Notorious on the Criterion Collection. Uh, the Criterion, they sent it to us and I, you know, check it out. And one of the cool things about it is it exposes all of 1946 movie magic. So, for instance, like, there's a scene where someone opens the door to the courtroom and we're seeing through their perspective uh, what's what, you know, the judgment. And it's just so clearly that it's a, I don't know if it was like a green screen, I guess, back in those days. The opening scene, yeah. It's like a mat. It almost looks like a mat scene, like with a projection. Yeah, well, uh, no, it's, it's like a, or maybe, Maybe. I think it is screen projection. And then they have like actors come like in front of it. Yeah, and, like, but they do that here. often. Like there'll be a meeting yeah. and in the window they have that. And it's so noticeable every time with just the sharpness of like the Blu-ray of the uh, Criterion um, yeah. transfer. But yeah, it's kind of fun to see like how he did it. And he made even a meeting complicated by having that background shot of people walking you know and, and why would he do that other than to just make it more interesting um well he makes his scenes very contextual like very like you feel like you're living in that moment right like he knows how to add layers to a scene not yeah, just the characters you know? mm-hmm. and uh, that's one of his strengths so for sure um what else did you guys okay so what did you guys not like about the film i mean you've heard what i've not liked throughout the podcast at this point what did you guys, well, Chris, what, I mean, I know well, this no, is Tyler's okay, choice, so, so it's tough okay. to ask Tyler that. Okay. But, so Chris, Sean, what did you not like? All right, Let, I'm asking the questions around here. So Sean, summarize, if you would, the, your likes and dislikes with this movie, and then I'll get to my dislikes. So summarize what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it. You want me to go back and say what I liked about just it? Just like really, just like really quickly. Generally, I like the acting. I think the plotting was like very, was extremely tight. I think it was too tight. 
Okay. And I think ultimately that the film uh, was based mainly upon these two characters and there wasn't enough thrilling set pieces or suspenseful moments for me to think that this film is a great Hitchcock film. I, I think it is a very great film because of Cary Grant and because of Ingrid Bergman and because of Hitch, but to a lesser degree Hitch than Cary and Ingrid in this necessarily in this okay. film. I think that they're the stars in this film and this isn't like Hitchcock's star to shine. I think when Hitch does have his moments in this film, they're a little more subdued than they normally are for Hitchcock. And I don't, I want to see like Hitch front and center when I watch a Hitchcock, when I watch a Hitchcock film. All right. So a few things that I liked about this movie, uh, again, the acting, Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman, Claude Rains. It's kind of like an all, just 50s, all, or like 40s, 50s, all star. Like, freaking awesome. All the pieces fit in this movie. Um, it's a slow burn. It's propelled, I think, efficiently by the acting. So I don't have complaints in the pacing as you would do, Sean. Um, I think, you know, we get to see some of Hitchcock's famous tricks in this movie, including the, uh, you know, the famous key in the hand shot. So much to like in this movie. It's very sexy, which is lovely. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of dislikes, there aren't, there isn't much. Um, I can't think of one thing I don't like about this movie. Really? No, yeah. one thing you don't like about no, this movie? No, I think it's like, it's up there. Like if there was a top 10 for me, it's like there's the, the first five, the first, What's that? Like you you wouldn't ask for a little bit more suspense out of this film. You feel like no, I feel like the movie the movie thrilled. is something, and it's it's like an organic thing. It's like it's perfect just the way it is, and you know it's like. But well, would would it would be cooler if it had this. It's like yeah, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the be same. consistent with the movie. Like the movie is. But of would a tone. you say Hitchcock shines in this film like he does in Shadow and in Foreign Correspondent? Oh, more so than Shadow. Uh, Shadow. 100%. And more so than foreign correspondent, I'm sorry to say. Uh, <laughs> it's seamless. Just his, you may not, like, it's not as flashy as maybe some of his other films where he really um, goes above and beyond to kind of flex, but there's a lot of cool shots in this movie. And, you know, the perspective of Ingrid Bergman upside down in bed and Cara Grant walking in and he's kind of going upside down like cool friggin awesome i agree it's bring it those on those moments are like really playful at the beginning but of the you film. know what though there's a lot of them yeah all throughout. it, it, it kind of goes like, away towards the end well, like, he's I, mean, got, the, I mean he's got that awesome key shot that you don't like he's got the giant teacup shot when we alicia realizes she's being poisoned which is great yeah we've got the whole like alicia passing out is awesome like that's still the way people shoot people passing out scenes like Hitchcock like, built a template for how the, to you're right like that like I, I did forget about that scene that scene as well is well choreographed at that moment I'm a little confused Sean because I, I don't understand what you don't like about this movie it's I'm really surprised because I would have thought I it would have been one of your favorites I just don't 
I don't get what I'm investing myself in in this film, other than the relationship, which on the surface is doomed to fail because it's so aggressive and but angry so, and negative. So little of this movie takes place on the surface. Okay, that's and that's cool to a certain degree, but like it, it's you, ultimately not it's, it's not as fun or as entertaining or as enjoyable as so many of his other films. I disagree. I think when you have a main character set up saying. I love you and I'm going to go do this mission and I want you to pull me out. Even though I'm not going to say it, I want you to pull me out when it gets too much. You have built in suspense for the rest of the movie because you're saying how far is he going to let her go? And then it makes it so much more interesting to have like Claude Rains the problem as with Sebastian that is, that is arguably more sympathetic than Cary Grant in this movie. Like, we assume all that, but it makes but it so interesting. We assume all that stuff. Like, like We assume that like they really want each other to like just say like, Oh, pull me back or whatnot. But like, that's like, if like 300 years from now, somebody resurfaces this film and watches it, uh, like they're not going to understand that subtext. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, How no would one's they not? They choreograph it. Okay, so you know what, Tyler, we're dealing with someone who's giving complaints to the movie based on people who are going to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what? Spoilers, there's not going to be 300 years from now. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. that, like, the movie doesn't age that well. Is what I'm trying oh, to get at. I, I mean, I watched it; it's 80 years old. And yeah, and I was going to say Hitchcock's best. I think it's honestly one of the best American films, like top 50 American films. Oh, very ever. easily. And not only that, but I saw this movie oh, no when way. I was probably no 13, right? So, like, and I got it. Like, it's not a. <laughs> you got it? Did you get it, Chris? What did you? I'm get, not sure. Chris? Did Tell you get it, you Sean? Got. Can I, I guess you, not. It's not can like I a puzzle. A... To, like, so that's why I'm trying to figure it's like, no, you won't get it if you like, it's like, what? I'm what just saying of... it's not like this. It's, it's like, it's an overly like aggressively negative film, I think, personally. It's like I Memento just, I don't... or something in your eyes. No, it's not because Memento was extremely clever. <laughs> and oh Notorious is, Notorious wow. is clever because of how well, well plotted it is, but it's not like anything that's going to blow your mind now. Of course, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen not even just in like an, an espionage movie, but a film that has a romance element, the romance element and the main storyline pull each other forward. But that's because so the well. other storyline is non-existent, man. They're just looking for bottles of uranium. Like that's, that's what all Hitchcock, point, all Hitchcock movies are, are looking for the MacGuffin. That's every Hitchcock spy movie. <laughs> but, like, but there's also so much more to it. There's entertaining, thrilling scenes. This film does not have it. It just has these two actors like clinging to each other when they're on the screen with one another and then positioning chess pieces in between those moments. Like it's, it's a very calculated, like cold film that like yeah. it, it works. How, how dare this actors. film be well plotted? You know what, Sean? <laughs> you can, you can you agree that there's such a thing as like overplotting. Sean, you're like, wrong. Yeah, okay. but not in this film. All right. Uh, Sean, where do you, or no, uh, oh, wait, Tyler, gotta, you have to talk about the things that you don't like. Uh, I don't know if we should make thing, the person who's doing it have to do that. Like, honestly, my know. only like uh, criticism is I think they should have kept Plodwain short because I think that works better as a character. And something that I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I was just confused or didn't, wasn't sure why it was there. The very first frame shows like the exact date and time. Yeah, that and, seemed very strange. Yeah. Because there's a lot of just numbers. Show that it's post like I guess were they trying to say something about because the bomb would have been dropped in Japan like a year earlier using uranium were they trying to cover their asses somehow like, they, I don't know what the that idea that maybe the war is over but there's still these lingering threats these subculture threats yeah that, uh, like in this movie because this movie was shot in 45 is the war still supposed to be going on in the world of mm -hmm. the well, tourists the, 
the issue is that they well, they were probably the making it in 1945 when it was still. That's what I mean. So the war was still supposed to be going on when the perhaps. war was still going on when they wrote it, and then yeah. I think probably when they were shooting it, like the war ended in December 45, did it not? Yeah, like right like, at the end before. No one knows. I'm it just was, like the the date and time thing didn't bother me. I'm just was like didn't understand. Like, I think uh, it was one of the greatest establishing shots. No, it is a little peculiar. I don't know if he does that. It's almost like Psycho, but Psycho did have the titles. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh, here you are. The yeah. New York skyline thing? Like, you're talking about the opening credits? Well, where it's kind of, yeah, you're, you're on top of the city, and then it kind of gets into... I hate that. I hate this opening credit sequence, personally. Like, oh that, like it's really pulpy. It's like that 1940s. Sean's like it's looking not like, for any excuse to not. No, like but like movie. compared to like a Saul Bass opening like sequence, like come on, it's so like it's like it's beneath him. <laughs> it's just too like there it is. All right, you know like, what, this, put is, this, in the last this is like really going I down. Go okay, so I have a, <laughs> an interesting tidbit though, Chris. If you don't right, know, you might please. enjoy the the writer Ben Hecht. I think is his last name. Yeah. The first time he worked with Hitchcock was he wrote the ending speech for Foreign Correspondent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he wrote this movie. He wrote this movie. He wrote this whole movie, but the first oh, time he worked with Hitch was because wow, he didn't write Foreign Correspondent. He just wrote like the uh, just the speech at the end. Closing speech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember them saying that they had brought someone in to do that last speech because mm-hmm. it was kind of spur of the moment or something, or it was a last minute yeah. add on. Because I guess um, America. Oh, well, you know what? Really he's a great writer, then. Like, oh, he's he's got like 160 credits or some shit to his name. He's a. Uh, right. So, Mr. Heck, wherever you are, I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, thank <laughs> you, and uh, tell your friends to listen to our podcast, please. In heaven. In heaven. Where um, is he? um, what are we gonna talk about? Ranking? What is his rank? Yeah, I mean, I think we've already decided, but there are, of course, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me for now. It's going to the top of the list. I think it should end. I don't think it's going to go to the top, but I think it should end pretty high. Right now, it's definitely above Shadow of a Down Foreign Correspondent. Yeah, so I'm going to do a last-minute switch. Um, <laughs> it's a twist. No one saw it coming. I'm excited to tell uh, the to. T- I'm excited to tell the listeners tuning in right now the up-to-date sequence that I am projecting. Right now, I am giving Notorious... Porn correspondent shoots to the top. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sean. Do you have something to say? Okay, Rob. You want me to give my ranking, and then you can can just give your final ranking, and that'll be the last say, so that's the last one that counts. All right. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Is that how you want to do it? Oh, Oh, yes, Sean. I do, because I have a plan. I have a plan. Go for it, Sean. Talk to me, babe. Personally, my power rankings. uh, It's not like I know I've been cruel to this film and harsh on it, and we've only got a few minutes, but like. And incorrect. I do like this film. No, I'm not. I don't think I've been incorrect. I do like this film. I've had a last minute uh, determination. You guys do, for sure. I don't like this movie as I thought I did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ranking would be Shadow of a Doubt 1, Notorious 2, and Foreign Correspondent 3. All right. I'm saying 1, Sean's saying 2, Chris, you're the tiebreaker. And uh, Tyler, this will teach you to never <laughs> fuck with me. Uh, I don't see how Tyler loses here. He's one and two no matter what. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I'm going to choose Foreign Correspondent 1, <laughs> Notorious 2, and Shadow of the Doe 3. 
right. Well, I think that answers our question. I think that makes it Shadow of a Doubt 1, Notorious 2, and Foreign Correspondent 3. What? No, that would make Notorious 2. What? Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? No, okay. So, oh, sorry. Can I get, what did I say? Can I get Foreign Correspondent any higher up? Uh, not, no. <laughs> not the way not right now. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to choose spoiler uh, twist. Twist ending. Notorious 1. Foreign Correspondent 2. Sabotage. No. Let me. Number three. You can't affect Shadow the right things that have already happened. What? Those are like already locked in. Maybe we'll do like a special bonus episode where yeah. we can rearrange a few things. But for right now, <laughs> Foreign Correspondent's locked in at three. And the only question is, where does Notorious fit? Okay. Number one. one, then. Yeah. One. Okay. So our current rankings are Notorious number one, Shadow of a Doubt number two, Foreign Correspondent number three. And you know what? That that seems fair, right? That seems that's fair. What are we? Uh, what are we? It's close. I, it would personally, it is close to me between those two films. And I do like I love the star power in the film of Notorious, but I just think there's more to Shadow of a Doubt. But I concur with you. Like I will, I agree. Concede. With you you, uh, you concede. I concede. Uh, uh, so next, next week is going to be Rope. Another one word title. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm a little confused. Why does anyone actually know why they called it rope? I just assume because it's the murder weapon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited to see all the big action sequences that Sean needs in Hitchcock. I, I can't wait to see the set pieces. I can't but wait that, to the see the entire film is one huge giant tension sequence <laughs> of the way they film it. <laughs> the entire film is that. Uh, it's contrived think, and built to be that. Tyler, do you think uh, rope's going to beat Notorious? <laughs> uh, unless you throw a big audible at the end of the <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen all I know is I don't is... know how you can't imagine that Rope's not better than Notorious like Rope's got like an amazing Jimmy oh, Stewart performance let me say it this way it's Rope is like, a very good movie yeah it's but very it's no good. Notorious oh it's better than wow, Notorious right? that was like it's Shakespeare got, it's like bleeding Technicolor it's an awesome alright we'll see you next week when we look at Rope till then <laughs>